It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We welcome you to another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. And as we record this on this Monday morning, it is the start of free agency, not the start of the new league year. No, no, no. That'll have to wait until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But the breaking news all over the place on Sunday. Trust me, Sunday was a very, 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 very busy day in the NFL. It started early in the morning with the ratification barely by 60 votes of the NFLPA ratifying the collective bargaining agreement proposal, locking in labor peace, a 17th regular season game for every team, including the crappy ones, and as well a seventh playoff team in each conference. And basically as we end it here late Sunday night into Monday morning, we have this. The league year, again, is expected to start the new year, free agency, 4 o'clock on Wednesday, Wednesday, March 18th. However, the tampering period, the legal tampering, the courting period, the dating period, starts Monday, March 16th. That's today, depending on when you're listening to this, at noon. After the franchise tag and transition tag deadline expires, we're going to get to the franchise tag in just a little bit because the Redskins use that over the weekend. We'll explain what we mean by that. But the bottom line is this. Right now, as of right now, free agency is expected to begin uh, on Wednesday, but unofficially, really, on Monday. And here's the problem. Apparently, if you believe what the NFL is telling Adam Schefter. They wanted to delay the start of free agency. And the NFLPA stepped in and said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not happening. That they'd rather make their money right now. They'd rather do business as normal. Everybody can teleconference. And they would not consent to move the league year. Again, if the NFL is telling Schefter the truth, okay? The NFLPA apparently said, no one's traveling anyway. It's not football activity, it's deals. Everyone is working remotely. Let's do our business remotely. And this could get worse before it gets better, so do it now. Well, there is some truth to that, right? There is some truth to that. What I would also say is this. Again, the system is bad to begin with. The system of having to commit millions and millions and millions of dollars and big free agent deals without being able to get to know each other one-on-one. The NFL free agency system is poorly set up in that players cannot go and visit prospective teams until after the 4 o'clock deadline hits on Wednesday. Well, most of these deals are done Monday and Tuesday, or at least partially arranged. Why? Because teams want to get a head start. Teams want to be in place. Teams want to go to the finish line. And they're willing to overlook and hope that they're getting the right guy, the right player, the right fit, the right health, the right personality, the right leader. Well, how do they know that? I mean, 
clearly they can make some calls. Clearly they can talk to some people. But say if they're interested, for argument's sake, if the Redskins were to be interested in Byron Jones, the star cornerback of the Dallas Cowboys, do you think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be willing to help the Redskins out and give them lots of information on Byron Jones, who's going to turn around and hurt potentially the Dallas Cowboys by signing with the Washington Redskins? And I'm just using that as an example. He's more likely to sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. But the point of the matter is, you think if Philadelphia called up the Dallas Cowboys and said, hey, what do you think of uh, Byron Jones kind of guy is, do you think they're going to get a real good answer? Do you think they're going to get a totally on? I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they do, depending on who they're talking to. You think they're getting that from Jerry Jones? You think they're getting that from Stephen Jones? You think they're getting that from uh, Jason Garrett, who is his head coach, who's now the offensive coordinator in New York, who's got to go up against Byron? No, you're probably not. So the system is set up to fail because you don't get to know the player first. In this particular case, everybody's saying, well, we work remotely, we work remotely. Everybody can do teleconferencing and everybody can be in conjunction and we can put everybody on a teleconference and we can agree to a deal and we can get to know each other. Well, again, here's the problem. You can't get to know each other on a teleconference, not on an hour long teleconference, not on a half an hour long teleconference, not on a three hour. You just can't. It's not the same. I, I understand that time is limited. I understand that time is precious. This is part of the reason why so many free agent mistakes are made. Because you don't know how a player is going to respond, react, change positively or usually negatively to a lot of money and to pressure. Now, you may not get to know that in a face-to-face -face dinner, meeting, all-day session, whatever. But here's the thing that I know. If you brought a player, player A, just fill in the blank, right? In on Tuesday, the day before free agency, and you brought that player into the building at 9 a.m., you have a chance now for that player to go talk ball with the defensive coordinator, the defensive backs coach, maybe the safeties coach in this case, uh, maybe the, um, the head coach, the general manager, or in this case, the Redskins, the vice president of player personnel, Kyle Smith, essentially the general manager, the owner, maybe. You get a chance to see him around the building. You get a chance to give him a tour of the facility. Like, they don't know what they're signing up for, essentially, other than money and, and, and a hopefully a promise of a role that stays true. And a lot of times, as we've seen, teams will tell players anything they want to tell them and then change just to get them in the door. And a lot of times players will tell teams whatever they've got to tell them. Again, just because you have a face-to-face -face meeting does not guarantee success, does not guarantee that people aren't going to change. Of course people are going to change. But you have, a, you have less less of a chance that they are going to change. Now, the bigger reason why I think free agency is messed up, at least at the beginning, and again, that, that's part of it, but that's every year, the, the courting, the non-in-person, the, the, the rush to judgment, uh, I think it leads to a lot of mistakes. The NFLPA doesn't care because they just want to get paid. Um, but in this particular case, because of the coronavirus, because everything is shut down, why are we celebrating? Why are we trying to hog the spotlight, if you will, 
just because there's no other sports going on. I mean, normally they have to battle with March Madness. They want to take advantage, I guess, the NFL um, and the NFLPA. Well, the NFLPA just wants the money. They don't care about anything. They care about money, and that's it. The NFL, ideally, would like to have the spotlight to itself. The problem is you are battling this coronavirus uh, disaster where everybody is transfixed and everybody is scared to death. That's why I think they wanted to move it back. That was the responsible, thoughtful thing to do. Now, I didn't realize it was a collectively bargained issue, and apparently the NFLPA can step in and say, "Uh uh-uh, we have to agree to it, we're not agreeing to it, we're keeping it the same. Now, maybe they could have gone back and forth, who knows? Whoever, I mean, again, according to Schefter's reporting, this is the NFLPA saying, "Eh." bad, bad mistake. This week, yes, it is going to be a distraction. Yes, it is going to be a relief. Yes, you can conduct business. But it is poor timing. It is insensitive to what the world is going through. Do you think it's really responsible for us to be arguing about whether James Bradbury was worth $15 million or $13 million per year? I mean, do you think that's a smart idea? Because you know that's what's going to happen. Everybody in the media has nothing else to talk about except for, except for, in this particular case, NFL free agency, right? And that's a good thing for NFL free agency, but it's an, insensi- it's an insensitive thing to the rest of the world, quite honestly, when you have hundreds and hundreds of people dropping dead every day because of coronavirus. Makes very little sense to me. All right, coming up next here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, the Redskins take out the big whooping stick, the franchise tag. We'll tell you who and what and what it means next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We welcome you back to the Locked on Redskins podcast. Now, as we talked about in our first segment, the NFL free agency period, the legal tampering period, uh, scheduled to start on Monday afternoon, the NFL free agency period, scheduled to start Wednesday afternoon. However, uh, I believe it was Tom Pelissero from NFL Network uh, that mentioned that even though the NFL and or the NFLPA was dead set on starting free agency, um, As of late Sunday night, there was still a chance that this thing could get changed. Basically, what could happen is, you know, they um, could test trial balloon the reaction. And if it's really hostile and really bad, I think they could rearrange it. Clearly, they could. 
Um, I don't know if it'll be bad enough because people just want something to, to, to serve as a distraction. People don't care if it's sensitive or insensitive. They just want football. They just want a distraction. They just want something other than gloom and doom and coronavirus. That's what they want. So stay tuned for that. Something may happen in that regard. Uh, we will see what happens. But I would also expect very much so the legal tampering period. And if that window kicks off as normal and if free agency then once in that window is not extended or delayed, again, Wednesday at 4 o'clock, so it's a two-plus-day window, then you can expect the Redskins to go hard after Falcons free agent tight end um, Austin Hooper. That's probably going to be their top choice because they realize how important that is for their offense, and there's so many good corners on the market this year that you can get corners at a pretty good price. We're going to go through uh, the under-the-radar corners. My buddy Brian Manning did a great piece for me on RedskinsReport.com about that, but there's so many corners out there. There aren't so many tight ends. There's Austin Hooper, there's Eric Ebron, and there's Jimmy Graham. And that's it with Hunter Henry getting the franchise tag. That's it. That's it. So... The bottom line is, is I would expect the Redskins, I mean, the Redskins have two enormous needs. Uh, left tackle certainly is a big need. I don't know if I would call it enormous at this point. Tight end is beyond enormous. And cornerback is huge because really they need two starters to feel even remotely good about them. They need a starting slot and they need a starting outside. And that's hopefully with Quentin Dunbar. Otherwise, they need three. If they trade Dunbar, they're going to have to come up with three different starters. If they don't trade Dunbar, they're going to have to come up with two. Or at least the second one being a a, a, a possible starter, depending on how a training camp battle uh, goes. If we even have training camp, as you know, we're going to have to live the next few months, if not forever, in a bubble. Um, all right, so so here's the thing that I wanted to get to here. The Redskins used the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff over the weekend on Saturday. The deadline again, Monday at noon, right? So the Redskins used it just under the 48-hour mark Saturday afternoon. The way I took that is they're not close. And I don't know why anybody expected them to be close. I remember my buddy Kevin Sheehan. Over at the Team 980 um, in Washington, D.C., does mornings. And, I, I, you know, Kevin and I get along very well. We work together for five years. We respect each other. Uh, he reported four, four, five, six months ago, we had it here on the podcast, that Brandon Sheriff and the Redskins were embarrassingly far apart. Like, like the, the Redskins, I guess, really lowballed Sheriff. And that didn't sit well. And... Maybe Ron Rivera and Rob Rogers, the new head coach and contract negotiating duo, set a different tone. And maybe they, oh, let's just say if the Redskins' first offer, and I don't know, was say, like, for argument's sake, $11 million per year on average. Maybe Ron and Rob came in at 13. 
Well, Brandon Sheriff and his agent looking at the franchise tag at possibly 16. We still don't have the franchise tag tender numbers. It's expected to be between 15 and 16. We hope to get those on Monday. We think we'll get those on Monday. But it's expected to be that. So just for argument's sake, if the Redskins and their first offer came in at 11 and the agent is looking at it and say, wait a second, the franchise tag is between 15 and 16. Are you crazy? Not even close. And if Ron, the new regime, and Rob Rogers, the contract negotiator, who's not a football guy, came in at, let's just call it 13. And again, I'm using approximate numbers here because I don't know what their actual offers were. And what the actual request, I'm just trying to think smartly and and guesstimate, okay? But if they came in at 13 and Sheriff is still holding on to 15.5 or 16 or even 15 on an average annual basis because he figures, well, the franchise tag is, again, worth 15 and a half, 16, 15.75, whatever it is, we can work on a total of 15 per year. We're not working on a total of 11. We're not working on a total of 12 million per year. We're not working on 13 million per year. Or you're going to have to use the franchise tag on me, which again defines my salary for 2020. So again, in this particular case, I never really thought the Redskins were going to get a long-term deal done unless Sheriff was so desperate so desperate to sign long-term that he basically would sign for anything just to ensure that, A, his career is not going to be over if he suffers a major injury. B, the fact that he's missed, what, 13 out of the last 32 games? And there is concern, there was concern, I don't know where we're at now, that his body was really breaking down because of how hard Bill Callahan was working them on adi- you know, in addition to just normal wear and tear. Basically, the Redskins use the franchise tag because they feel like they have no other choice. I, I can't imagine that they felt they were close. Because again, you, would, you could use the franchise tag if you were close just as a buy-time mechanism as a placeholder, which is what it was originally designed to be. But now it's designed for a different purpose. Now it's designed for a salary mechanism. And people did not understand this when I kept spewing this about the Kirk Cousins thing. I don't even know if Bruce Allen understood it. That when he put a $20 million franchise tag on Kirk Cousins in 2016, that defined his salary. That wasn't just, oh, some theoretical paper placeholder. That's absurd. That's not the way it works. Common sense, that's not the way reality works. Here we have a situation where it's very likely that the sides are probably two to three, maybe four million dollars apart with Brandon Sheriff. We don't know exactly. But clearly they're apart. Otherwise, the Redskins would have said, okay, let's let's wait until Sunday afternoon. Let's wait until Sunday night. Let's wait until Monday morning. Let's wait until 11 o'clock Monday morning. 11.30 Monday morning to put the franchise tag on. Because we're close, we're close, we're close, we're close. This tells me, as it should tell you, that they are not close. I'd be stunned if a deal is agreed to anytime soon. Stunned. I can't say that it won't happen, but I'd be absolutely stunned. It just makes no sense why you would put the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff on Saturday afternoon 
two days before the deadline if you were anywhere close. Again, I could be completely reading this wrong. Uh, I don't think I am. I don't think Brandon Sheriff is going to get a multi-year deal done. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe if he's, if he's struggling in the first half of the season or he gets injured and he starts getting nervous about his long-term security, maybe he then lowers his price and his demand. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, you can follow me at WrestleMania621, at Locked Redskins as well on Twitter. Uh, RedskinsReport.com, RedskinsReport.com is where you can go for all your video and written coverage of the Washington Redskins. 1067, the fan of the radio.com app uh, on your radio um, to listen to me. And as well, Warpath Magazine via subscription. We'll wrap it up next with a little mock draft Monday and and under the radar corners that the Redskins could be looking at. That's straight ahead right here. What's up, guys? If you've been a listener of this podcast, the Locked On Redskins podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Redskins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Redskins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Redskins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wrapping up the Locked On Redskins podcast, it is a mock draft Monday, even though we approach free agency. Uh, I wanted to bring you to our friends at thedraftnetwork.com and Trevor Sikama, who does a real good job with all of his draft coverage. Uh, they debuted a new like feature this weekend called What I Would Do. And basically it was, okay... I've been doing mock drafts based on what I think will happen, based on how I think it'll play out and all that stuff. Here's what I would do, studying 32 teams. If I was making the decision for all 32 teams, here's what I would do. And the reason why this caught my attention, like, first and foremost was because I wanted to see how they distinguished between what I would do in a regular mock draft. And right away, you see a huge change. Trevor Sikama in this particular draft has the Redskins and the Dolphins making a trade. 
swapping out number one, uh, number two and number five, and the Redskins pick up two second-round picks, 36, 56, and two fifth-round picks, 153 and 173 for the number two overall pick, meaning they make a deal to move out of the number two spot, but they only get one first-round pick, the flip-flop. I don't know if I could make that deal if I'm the Redskins. I get quantity. I get quantity, but I also want quality. I'd rather take 5 and 18, 5 and 24, and nothing else for a team that has three first-round picks. Think about it. If Miami sends two first-round picks, let's just call it 5 and 18 to the Redskins for two. They still have two and 24. They still have two. And they have two first, uh, second round picks. And the Redskins have nothing at that point. If they just send two, five, which of course is natural, and 18, which was the compensation, I think, back from the Steelers for Minka Fitzpatrick. So uh, to me, I would have a hard time making this deal, but Sikama made it, and he has the Dolphins going up to number two and taking two attack of Viola. He has Chase Young going number three to the Lions. Mackie Becton, number four, the offensive tackle uh, out of Louisville to the Giants. And then at number five, with the Redskins basically looking at no Tua and no Chase Young and Mackie Becton going off the board the pick before, he goes with another real good tight, uh, real good offensive tackle, left tackle replacement for Trent Williams, Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Now, real quickly, um, again, The Redskins only have that one first-round pick in this particular mock draft. But remember, they pick up two second-round picks because they don't have a current second-round pick. Um, The Colts have it, although in Sycamus' piece, he has the Seahawks getting it. But at number 39, the Dolphins first... Uh, or I should say the Dolphins' first of of two second-round picks, he has the Redskins taking Jalen Rager, a wide receiver at a TCU. Uh, And with the second of the two of the second-round picks, I should say, the second of the second-round picks from the Dolphins, number 56 overall, he's got Josh Uche from Michigan, an edge defender. Um, So, and then early in the third round, Sycamore comes back because, again, remember now the Redskins have the second pick in the third round. The second pick in the third round because of how bad they were. And they go with Jalen Johnson, a corner from Utah. So you would be addressing corner, edge, because, again, remember you're not getting Chase Young, left tackle, and wide receiver. That's a pretty good haul, right? Four picks in the top 66. It's a good way to rebuild your team, and it's a good way to supplement youth on your team. All right, so that's that. The other thing that I wanted to get to, and I'll have more on this as we go along throughout the week because it's an ever-changing thing, uh, my pal Brian Manning, who writes for me at um, redskinsreport.com, first of all, he did a great piece on Kendall Fuller potentially coming back, which you should check out, the former Redskin um 
corner who ultimately played a little free safety, ultimately played a little slot, outside corner, maybe even a little strong depending on uh, formations in Kansas City for the Super Bowl champions had an interception in the Super Bowl. Brian also wrote three under-the-radar cornerback targets for the Redskins. Again, redskinsreport.com is how you can go check this out, but your three choices that he came up with, Brian Poole, Entering his fifth NFL season, so this is his second contract. He was an undrafted free agent out of Florida and has played with the Jets and the Falcons already, but he's pretty good. Kevin Johnson, who played last year with the Buffalo Bills as their third corner, obviously replaced by Josh Norman. And the third one, Mackenzie Alexander, who came out in the 2015 NFL draft second round selection uh, of the Vikings and has kind of been in this tag team with Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. Now, Xavier Rhodes was let go on Sunday, so uh, we will see. Alexander has played a pretty good role, has played the slot, has played, you know, outside. 81% of his career snaps, according to Pro Football Focus, from the slot, and he's allowed just three touchdowns. That's pretty good. Pretty good, right? So if you can get him, or Brian Poole is another slot guy, that would allow the Redskins to put Jimmy Moreland maybe more on the outside to compete with Fabian Moreau to give you depth on the outside or at least two good backups. Again, Moreland in a pinch could then, of course, shift back in uh, to the slot if you sign a slot guy first. I don't want Chris Harris. Uh, I know he's one of the best slot corners ever. He's 31, and he did not have a great year coming off the ed- outside. I, I Not at the money that he's going to cost. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, stay tuned. We'll have all sorts of information for you coming up throughout. Don't forget to check out our one in five-minute reports, Google News Initiative, Uh, and Locked on Redskins tag teaming it up together Monday through Friday, one in five minute reports. We will have the latest for you. Happy free agency, everyone. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.